Sony announced today that it's officially ending support for the PlayStation 3. And I can't say I'm all that sad about it. Good morning, good Tuesday morning to you. I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for March 1st, 2022. The show is in our patrons' feeds bright and early every weekday morning, and free on our YouTube channel for everyone else. You can find our flagship show, Game Face, by searching your favorite podcast service, You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. So Sony is officially ending PlayStation 3 support in Japan. This means that if your console breaks, there will no longer be a way to get the official repairs beginning April 30th. It's also ending all repair support for all PS3 peripherals. Sony claims it is due to a lack of parts inventory, but the console is more than ready to be sent out to pasture. The super slim version of the console is almost 10 years old now. Can you believe that? We're guessing an announcement for the West is forthcoming. So if you have a broken PS3 that you'd like to have fixed, you'd better get on it. So hearing the news that the PlayStation 3 is being sent down the river, oddly enough, stirs very few emotions inside me. I never built an affinity for the PlayStation 3. Like, I have most every other console that I've ever owned. Now, I would also place probably the Wii U in that same category. And why do I not have feelings for these consoles? It's because, honestly, I just never really spent much time with either one of them. The PlayStation 3, for those of you who don't remember, who are too young and maybe weren't an avid player when it was released was a complete and utter disaster at launch. It had a really weak launch lineup, which is not that out of the ordinary for a console. That happens. But third-party games ran like trash on the PlayStation 3 at launch. Sony's cell processor, which was supposed to give developers freedom to dedicate resources to whatever they wanted and therefore create the games of their dreams, in actuality, just became a complete nightmare for developers. Its development environment was completely different from developing games for Xbox 360 or Nintendo's console. It just was. Sony expected developers to spend extra time working on the PlayStation 3 versions of games. It's a double-edged sword, the cell processor. For Sony's first-party studios, where they had great libraries that they shared with each other and a communal development environment among their first-party studios, working on the PS3 wasn't that bad, particularly after you got through your first game. Third-party struggled on the PS3 for a long time. Some of the biggest third-party games were borderline unplayable on the PlayStation 3 for the console's first couple years. And so, I just hardly ever played the console. A lot like... Nintendo consoles have become for me over the years. The PlayStation 3 was really just a console that I turned on to play Sony's exclusive first-party games. And things were different then. Back then, Sony's first-party exclusives were not these gigantic opuses that you would spend dozens and dozens of hours with. If you look at its first-party output back then, 
It's action-based games. Most of them were around 10 hours, maybe 15 hours, if you really stretched them out. And so I would, once every three or four months, dust off my PS3 and play whatever the latest exclusive was for literally 10 or 11 hours, turn it off and not turn it on again for months. I never built a relationship with my PlayStation 3 like I have with pretty much every other console that I've ever owned. And so therefore, learning about the console's demise really didn't hit me at all. And the irony with the PS3 is that Sony was coming off the PlayStation 2, probably, I would argue, the most successful console of all time. It may not win in total units sold, ultimately. It may get passed by Switch. It may have actually already been passed by the Wii. I'm not sure about that, but I still think that the PS2 is probably still the greatest console ever. It did sell tons and tons of units, but most importantly, the software library for that console is insane. There were so many games released for that, not just in Japan, but also in the West. It was the de facto industry standard at the time, and much like the later life of the PS1, the PS2 just, the games just kept coming and coming and coming. And in a lot of cases, while games may not have looked the best on PS2, in fact, I would argue the GameCube and the Xbox both had better looking games than anything on the PlayStation 2. The games always ran well, and the games were never buggy. Oh, back to the days before hard drives when developers had to release finished games. I know that seems crazy in 2022 to even think about. Sony's arrogance, though, after the PS2 era, in my opinion, doomed the PS3. Not only was it arrogant with developers saying, you're going to have to learn how to develop on the cell processor if you want to be profitable in this generation, but also with consumers. Remember 599 US dollars? Remember Ken Kutaragi in an interview saying that if you want a PS3, you may have to get a second job? Remember those days? Ken wasn't long for PlayStation after the PS3 era, and for good reason. It's a black eye on the face of the PlayStation brand. It is, hands down, the worst PlayStation console ever released. And granted, I know PlayStation fans are already getting their fingers ready to type this out. Yes, by the end of its life cycle, it did sell about the same as Xbox 360, but it was way too late. At that point, the only people who were really still playing PS3s were Sony fans. So I have a lot of great memories of Xbox 360. And oddly enough, I have like three Xbox 360s because of the Red Ring of Death. And then they made the slimmer version and they made all these different models. I ended up with three of them, which doesn't shine well on Xbox 360, but the games just looked and played better on Xbox 360 for pretty much that entire generation. So again, if you have a broken PS3, send that sucker in and get it fixed, but I'm not gonna shed a tear over the demise of Sony's worst console. And now for a couple more stories from the top of your SIFs. According to Deadline, the Twisted Metal TV show is a go. It's been picked up by Peacock, which is NBC's OTT app, it will consist of half-hour episodes, though we don't know how many yet, and is based on, obviously, the PlayStation franchise, and it's set to star Anthony Mackie 
from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It will be written by Michael Jonathan, who is most recently known for his work on the Netflix series Cobra Kai. I know some of you guys probably like Cobra Kai. I have no idea why. It is the corniest, most poorly written, terrible show that I have watched in a long time. I forced myself through three episodes of that. I don't know if the bad acting and the bad writing are intentional. I don't know if it's supposed to be this self-aware TV show, but I think it's terrible. So Michael Jonathan being on the project is not encouraging. Peacock is describing the show as an adrenaline-infused comedy series, which sounds about right. I don't think anyone ever looked at Twisted Metal as a comedy game. I think most people looked at it as a horror game, but in the bright light of 2022, go back and play Twisted Metal and tell me you don't laugh a few times at how absurd it is. Now, it is unintentionally humorous. So maybe that's what they're going to play on for the TV show. It's also believed that the next game in the series from Fire Sprite will now not be able to launch alongside the TV series. That game started with one developer. It's now been passed to Fire Sprite, and so it is playing catch-up. Good news. Tokyo Game Show is back for 2022 as an in-person event. Have we finally turned the COVID corner, people? This is why I was so upset when the ESA canceled E3 so quickly. It should have really waited because I do feel like by June we could have absolutely had E3 this year. Regardless, TGS did have some physical portion of the show last year for quote-unquote special guests. But currently the plan is to go back fully to normal this year for the first time in three years. Some of the online parts of the show that materialized through the COVID pandemic will remain though, including demos, a VR show experience, and a couple other things. The show runs from September 15th to 18th at Makuhari Mese in Chiba, Japan. It's about 45 minutes outside Tokyo. I don't think people realize that, that Tokyo Game Show doesn't really take place in the heart of Tokyo. It takes 45 minutes to an hour on train to get out to the show from Tokyo Center. September 15th and 16th will be business days, meaning that that's press only, industry only. While September 17th and 18th will be the public days, this is exactly how the show used to be. So, yeehaw! It sounds like we're getting our first real convention. It'll be interesting to see what comes from Gamescom as far as it trying to do its show in person in Germany. It really feels like we're finally turning the corner. The reviews for Shadow Warrior 3 are in. It's currently sitting at a 72 Metacritic average. Most critics agree that the arena-based shooter is gory and a good bit of fun, but it lacks depth and can become repetitive rather quickly. However, if you're a fan of the recent Doom games, it's definitely worth investigating. It has the same gameplay style. It's a circle-strafe first-person shooter, and it has the same tone, just over-the-top aliens that you're shooting from every angle, tons of over-the-top gore, lots of tongue-in-cheek humor. It's right in your wheelhouse if you're a fan of the recent Doom games. In fact, I would argue that the first two Shadow Warrior games are a couple of the more underrated shooters in the industry from the last decade or so. Currently, we have two reviews curated to Sifted for the game if you want to check them out. It's available now for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. 
According to website Xfire, FIFA 23, which may be the last EA Soccer game that bears the FIFA name, is getting cross-play support for the first time in series history. It will also expand the women's leagues and include the men's and women's World Cup. EA also reportedly has a new motion capture system for the game that's able to capture over 100 times more data in one season of football footage than EA has captured in the history of the franchise. This could be a game changer for all sports video games. In fact, all video games in general. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's Boss Fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. And today, for the first time ever on Good Morning Gaming, I am going to discuss something in the Boss Fight that is not related to video games. I want to talk about something that is weighing on my mind literally every waking moment right now, and that is the war in Ukraine. And I'm going to try to stay apolitical while discussing this and try to stay on the human angle of it. I also struggle to call it a war because I believe a war is when two sides decide to fight. But what's happening in Ukraine is completely one-sided. You have a country living peacefully, autonomously, and another country just decides, you know what, we want that, and it invades. So really, it's the people of Ukraine that are weighing on my mind, and I'm sure a lot of you feel the same exact way. Some of you live in Europe. You're much closer to the actual fighting that's happening there. You may know people from Ukraine. You may have dated people from Ukraine. You may have played games with people from Ukraine. You, The chances of you having a personal connection to this is much higher than, than myself. However, I feel like this is really the first major skirmish that is playing out on social media. A lot of times the countries that have been in wars recently, I don't want to call them third world countries, but they're not quite as developed as North America and a lot of places in Europe. A lot of the Citizens don't have phones with cameras or they don't speak English, so it's hard to understand what's going on. This is the first war, and I hate to call it that again, that is really playing out on Twitter and on Facebook. And you're getting to know the people who are being affected by this. They're shooting crazy videos. I saw a video yesterday of a farmer towing away one of Russia's tanks with a tractor. I've never seen anything like the stuff that's coming out of Ukraine. Watching people learn how to use guns that have never used a gun in their life. People building Molotov cocktails by the thousands. People using those Molotov cocktails while they're driving by tanks and throwing them under the treads of the tank. I 
am in awe of the people of Ukraine. It is patriotism. I've, it's hard to even put into words how brave the people of Ukraine are. They are outnumbered, outgunned, and they don't care. They're digging their heels in and they are defending their soil. The word patriot, patriotism, freedom, all that stuff has just, I feel like in America, it's just lost its impact because it gets overused so much and applied to things that are just, it's just absurd. People complaining about things related to the pandemic, saying it's taking away their freedom. That is such crap. I really hope that so many people watching the footage coming out of Ukraine are thinking to themselves, wow, I've been an idiot for the last however many years because they, they have been idiots. This is what losing your freedom is really about. A foreign invader coming into your land for no reason other than they want your resources. Imagine that. I can't imagine it. I live in Los Angeles. I can't imagine. I hear guns going off all the time here. I can't imagine walking out onto my deck and seeing explosions going off all over the city. And then waiting for tanks to roll by my building so I can toss Molotov cocktails onto the tanks. Can you even put yourself mentally in the position of these people in Ukraine? I can't. I am trying. I can't. I don't think it's possible unless you've experienced what they're going through right now. And, you know, my job is to evaluate video games and run a website about video games. Nothing in the world feels more vapid than that right now and insignificant. There are people in their homes fighting for their lives right now in Ukraine. And I think back to the times I've become passionate about games and gotten arguments about games and it seems so silly now and again i'm laughing at myself i am guilty of this stuff too so if by some insane chance that someone in ukraine listens to this show maybe looking for an escape from the madness that is going on right now in their country. I wish that I could give you a hug right now. I wish I could tell you that everything is going to be okay. I can't do either one of those things. But one thing I can do is tell you how proud I am of you. And how brave you are. And while I'm stuck here on the west coast of California... And I'm probably too old to fight in a war. I would if I could. And I'm trying to do anything that I can to help. For example, when I found out that Putin and his cronies are using cryptocurrency to avoid the financial sanctions that the West is imposing upon Russia, I sold all my cryptocurrency. Now, I wasn't a crypto bro. I didn't have millions of dollars in crypto. But... I did lose significant amounts of money on the crypto I had bought. The price dropped way below what I had paid for it, and I sold it. Does that make a difference? No. I'm just one person. But if 
A million people do it. It absolutely will make a difference. So I'm here doing what I can. I hope you guys feel the same way and you're doing the same thing. And again, if you're someone who's living in Ukraine, we stand with you. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield. Go and do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. And while you're at it, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another.